Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. What's going on, guys? Happy Monday. Welcome to the latest installment of the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast here on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. My name is Chris Williams. We are doing an audio version of Monday Musings today, and it is presented by our friends at Ames Eye and Des Moines Eye. Actually, just got it scheduled. Hold on. Let me pull up the calendar. Thursday, the 20th of February, I'm getting my annual eye exam. Going to go down to Des Moines Eye Dr. Kruger, and they're going to check these bad boys out. I'm actually wearing the glasses I got from them right now. It's changed my life. I've told you about it before. It's cut down on headaches. It blocks out the, um, you know, the blue, like, uh, whatever it is when you stare at a computer screen for, like, 12 hours a day. Miracle workers over there at Ames Eye Des Moines Eye support local. It's family eye care for the whole family. Check them out today. Monday Musings here on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. I got a lot on my mind, a lot of big picture stuff today, which we will get to. Uh, I want to just touch on some emotions I had last night. Well, we'll just start right there. I had friends and family around during the Super Bowl when the Kansas City Chiefs won it for the first time in 50 years. And full disclosure, and most of you know this about me by now, I'm a Minnesota Vikings fan. I am also an Iowa State Cyclone fan. And that has created a lot, uh, it, that has built up a lot of callus on this guy over the years. I tend to expect the worst. I'm the kind of guy that uh, Matt Campbell hates as a fan. We've talked about it before with Coach. Um, but I, it was interesting for me to sit there and watch my Chiefs friends last night as they enjoyed that level of success for the first time in their lives. A lot of, I never thought this day would happen, this day would ever happen. A lot of, I, you know, the first thing I thought of was my late grandmother. She was the biggest Chiefs fan that I've ever met. My grandma once when I was working, she didn't really understand what I did for a living, obviously. But she knew I talked a lot of Chiefs when I was down in Southwest Iowa on the radio. We were a Chiefs radio network affiliate. We'd have Mitch Holstis on, do all that. Grandma once wrote me a handwritten letter to deliver to the general manager of the Chiefs at the time. Who was the guy? Uh, he was Brady's backup for a while. And then the Chiefs got him, and he, he played for the Vikings for a while. I don't even remember the quarterback. He was horrible. Uh, but Grandma wrote this whole letter to give to – she wrote it with her arthritis-stricken hands to give to this Chiefs GM about the, the group of panty waste that he has acquired. She was not happy. But last night she was happy. I can promise you that. It was cool. I – um. 
it, it's interesting when you age, you do soften a bit. I have not softened in my passion for the Minnesota Vikings or even the Iowa State Cyclones, but I have a little more perspective on it, I think, than I did 10 years ago. I'm 35. 25-year-old Chris Williams would never have rooted for the Kansas City Chiefs in a Super Bowl, ever. Like, ever. I would have been rooting so hard for the 49ers last night because I wouldn't have wanted those around me to have that level of joy. It was crazy. I felt like I was watching the Vikings last night. I was rooting so heavily for the Chiefs. I don't I don't understand. Again, I think it's just age. I think it's perspective. Where you just wish, the, you know, because where I grew up, you're basically a Chiefs or a Vikings fan. There's some Bears fans. There's some Broncos fans, a few Packer fans. But you, you've got that choice to make as a kid. And whichever side you're on, you know, the other is kind of the enemy, right? And so the Chiefs were always kind of the enemy growing up. But, man, I was happy for them last night. I was happy for that fan base. And I got to thinking what it would be like if Iowa State ever won a national championship. Because we've seen the power and light district after a Big 12 championship prior to a Big 12 championship. We've seen um, we've seen what Iowa State fans do at just mid-tier bowl games. Elmo Bowl's, I would call above a mid-tier bowl game, but it's not like, it's nothing like a playoff. Like, what would it be like if Iowa State ever won a national championship? What would Campus Town be like? What would our forums at CycloneFanatic.com be like? What would Cyclone Twitter be like? It's fascinating to think about, and, you know, part of this mental discussion that I was having with myself into the wee hours of the night this is real guys. This is what I do. I'm really messed up in the head. I, I can't relax. I can't turn my mind off. And, and I was actually thinking about this last night. So when even like seven or eight years ago, I would have never let myself get to the point where I would even consider Iowa state winning at that sort of a level. It still seems really far fetched in football to think that they could be in that position because football, I mean, there's a reason why the playoff has been around however many years it has been. And like three teams are in it every year, right? There's a reason for that. The deck is stacked against all, but about 12 programs in the country. It's really, really difficult to play for a national championship. It's not impossible. It, It, I mean, it is like if you're a Boise state fan, it's impossible. It doesn't matter what you do or a Central Florida fan, or something like that. We've seen that. Door's not shut on Iowa State. You can get there. But I guess my greater point is, and I took some flack after... Hold on, I'm taking a sip of coffee. I took some slack after the Camping World Bowl about a tweet that I put out. And I was so frustrated with a very small minority of fans who would not quit chirping at me. The whole... um, they were really pissed off after that game. And I understand why a fan would be mad after that game, especially if you flew all the way down to Florida. But my 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 tweet was, shut up. This is a level of Iowa State football that I never thought I would see 
maybe in my lifetime. Now, I didn't mean by that. People took it literally. Some people did. About, oh, seven and five is your ceiling. Such a loser. No, that's not what I meant. I was talking about competitiveness on a game-to-game basis. I was talking about consistency. I was already looking ahead to next year and years to come based off of current recruiting trends. And I think Iowa State football is to a point where probably Iowa football was about 15 years ago, 10 years ago, whatever, where you can just show up and expect to win seven games every year, and then you hope that things go your way, you make plays down the stretch, and you can sneak into that 10-win basis, right? You've got to build. And I, I think Iowa State football is finally to the point where Six and six is the low point, and then you build from there and go up, and you hope to get to the point where you have a special sort of a season where you put yourself into the realm of being able to compete for a championship of some sort. And I think Iowa State is there. I think that they're at that point. Now, will they make those plays? I don't know. Well, I haven't even started to really think about next year. But the greater point is that I'm finally in a mental spot with Iowa State football where I can envision it. I can envision Iowa State playing in a Sugar Bowl and what it would be like and creating that charter and all that stuff. I can envision it. It's great. Fred Hoiberg did this to me with Iowa State basketball. You got to realize I got to Iowa State in 2003 right after the Larry Eustacey fiasco. I watched a couple of fun Wayne Morgan teams. Those were those teams were, for the most part, fun to watch. But you also, if you were studying the game, if you knew basketball, that wasn't really built to last. What was going on there? And Jamie Pollard saw that and proactively moved on. Then Greg McDermott comes to town for some really boring years of Iowa State basketball. And you're kind of looking around like, um, can we ever be good again? Because you got to realize I didn't really grow up hooked on the clones like a lot of our listeners did. I got there in 2003. Bad team. Then they get to a, um, you know, they get to the NIT. I won't say bad team. They get to the NIT. That's not fair. But you know what I mean. Saw him in the NCAA tournament, and then, but I never was really emotionally invested during the Eustachie runs to the Elite Eight, the Hampton game. You know, I, I, I heard I was rooting for Iowa State in that game, but it wasn't like the passion that I have now. So Hoiberg comes in and it literally changed the game of recruiting in college basketball with the transfers. In fact, I, I I don't think Fred Hoiberg could do that if he came to Iowa State in 2020. It's so different now. But he did, and we all saw what happened. I I believe George Niang was a broken foot away from Iowa State playing in a Final Four. An Aaron Kraft um, buzzer beater probably kept Iowa State out of a Final Four. And if you get to a Final Four, you can win a national championship. So I got that taste of what it could be like. I covered a Sweet 16 in Madison Square Garden. I covered a Sweet 16 of the United Center, the house that Michael Jordan built. I got that taste. 
And I couldn't th- stop thinking last night as I was watching all my Chiefs friends celebrate, and I was so happy for them, what it would be like if Iowa State ever won a national championship. It seems far off. It is far off. But it's not impossible. Cyclone Fanatic Podcast here on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. I want to talk about one thing I've seen over my 15 years of running a fan site. And that's watching fan bases melt down through the worst of times. I'll do that next. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Back here on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network, it's Monday Musings. We are presented by Ames Eye and Des Moines Eye. We'll have video, we'll have some pictures from my upcoming eye appointment with Dr. Kruger. That's coming up on the 20th. My least favorite part of what I do is what I'm going to talk about right now. And frankly, I should write this all out too because there's a certain level of our audience who won't listen because it's via podcast and that's okay. But this is really important to me and I I don't know, this is just inevitable, but I want to tell you about what I've seen over the 15 years of running Iowa State fan sites. And And this isn't limited to Iowa State either. I think this is just fan sites in general. It's a never ending cycle. Coach gets hired. Everybody's optimistic. Recruiting's going well. Everything's new. And there's so much hope to sell. First year happens. The coach is trying to establish culture. Most fans get it. Most fans are very optimistic throughout this. They can find positives even in a losing spell. But there's always going to be that guy who wants the new coach fired. And I, I, I specifically remember getting calls on Cyclone Reaction after Matt Campbell's first game when they lost to Northern Iowa, wanting, saying that the man was not cut out for this level. I specifically remember, and I bet you that we could go back and find threads on from Fred Hoiberg's first year at Iowa State with some people saying the same thing. Steve Prohm's team is struggling right now. There's absolutely no doubt about that. And what's interesting from where I sit, and I guess this is probably a good thing for me, a lot of you think that I'm just this total cyclone chill. I'll, uh, the, wor- the most ridiculous thing I get all the time from just a few of few people is oh the media won't ask him tough questions because you all want to be his friend that's that's it's the it's the lowest common denominator thing you can send to us i just got into it with a guy the other day it's like i'm not going to go and tell you how to be an ag lender don't tell me how to do my job if you don't like the way we do it don't read it 
Alex Halstead will take your subscription. It's CycloneAlert.com. I love Alex. I would love for people to give him business too. Not being arrogant, it's the truth. You want to go give your money to Gannett? Subscribe to the Des Moines Register. I want Iowa State to win. I'm going to look for the positives first. But you're going to come to a point, inevitably, where you got a loser. you got a losing team on your hands. And that's what we have right now. And this is what I've seen over the course of decades now from the fan base. So once that coach starts struggling a little bit, and um, then they usually have some success. They usually do. We saw this with Steve Prohm. Now, even in that first year, many would say he underachieved with that team, and that's fair if you believe that, whatever. Um, But they came back really strong the next year, right? And there's that step up. And I would even say, you know, 17, we all knew was a rebuild, right? I think every fan was on board because you knew what was coming back the next year. I thought last year... um, it was disappointing, but it was still young. You know, they they still won a Big 12 tournament championship, and they got bounced in the first round of the NCAA tournament. I think overall they underachieved last year, but it wasn't criminal, right? It wasn't criminal. It was a fun year for the most part. I'll say this. Even this team currently, it's like 9 and 12, whatever the record is, it's bad. I I like this group better. I don't necessarily like watching them play more. But I think this group more like is about the front of the jersey. I'll put it that way. Um, but what you have now, so then you're you're struggling, and there's not as much hope. I think next year's recruiting class looks great. I actually really like that class. I think it's prompts. It might even be his best class. But it's hard with Tyrese Halliburton's draft stock. What you have coming back in the unknown of the recruiting, because freshmen are freshmen, you just don't know. There's not a ton of hope right now, which inevitably leads to the fan base eating itself alive. And this is my least favorite part of this job. I absolutely hate it because you got the optimist out there who there are these Kool-Aid drinking optimists that are, and they're the, I, I got one from a guy this, and he was very sweet, very kind who emailed me over the weekend, who was very upset about my instant reaction podcast from Saturday, said I was way over the line, way too negative. And I, and I get this from both sides. I get the, oh, you want to ask the tough questions crowd. I get the, you're a homer, you're a cheerleader crowd. But I also get the, hey, you need to be thinking about what recruits here crowd, which that's not my responsibility. I don't work for the school. Now, when I'm calling games on the Cyclone Radio Network, it's a different deal, and I and I have a different role, and I have a lot of different hats, and I have to toe the line, and I have to be respectful and do that. I wasn't disrespectful on Saturday in my Instant Reaction podcast. I was telling what, the way I saw it because I'm passionate, and if I go on there and try and tell you guys that that was a good game or you know, if I if I go on there and try and tell you guys that I think the, the clones are going to beat West Virginia on Wednesday, why the hell would you listen? Because it's, it's not true. I don't think that they're going to, right? I'm just trying to tell the truth and be honest. And so what you have here, and this, is, this happens every freaking coaching tenure, every single one of them, 
where it, it pits one part of the fan base versus another. The optimists think that the pessimists are bad fans. You're horrible. How dare you talk about these young men in this way? And there are a lot of bad fans out there that, that, that get personal and get nasty and that do cross lines. I see it every day. But then the pessimists accuse the optimists. You know, these optimists are not demanding enough. It's their fault. You don't demand enough. You keep going to games during the losing, and you are the reason why we can't ever get over the hump, they say. That's when things get personal, and it all becomes toxic. And I hate that. Because we all want the same thing. We all want it. We all want Iowa State to do well, and you, for the most part, and this is why it's different. This is why I always say it's not easy being an Iowa State fan. It's awesome. Because most of the time, people didn't pick to become an Iowa State fan. Iowa State found you. Either you went there, your mom and dad went there. There's some sort of a tie. At least my generation Now, I think some of the younger folks, Iowa State's a little more of a hip, cool play, especially if you live in central Iowa. There's definitely been some catching up there. But growing up in the 90s in southwest Iowa, you were either a farmer or, you know, mom and dad went to Iowa State, and that's why you cheer for the Cyclones. That's it. There was no other reason to be. You couldn't watch the games, could barely hear the games. Nebraska was winning national championships. And Iowa had 1040 WHO, right? The Big Ten had a better television package back in the day. Could watch Iowa. Couldn't watch Iowa State. You had Iowa State had to somehow find you to be a fan. And that's what kills me when I watch. And it, again, like, guys, this is probably happening at every school in the country where there's a passionate group of fans. But I happen to have a front row seat for this one. And I hate it. I It's culturally inevitable to have two different sides to an argument. That's great. And that, cre- that generally creates competition, which creates success. That's fantastic. If you want to criticize Steve Prohm for his coaching decisions, go for it. That's part of the game. But when the crap gets personal with the players and coaches, it doesn't happen very often. I think most fans are above that. But when you start getting personal with each other, man, that's where I have a problem because I know Iowa State and I know Iowa State's fan base and I know it's better than that. I just know it in my heart. I see it. Otherwise, we wouldn't be in business 10 years down down the road, you know? You guys are so freaking loyal and so freaking awesome. I'm just throwing because I don't think that things are going to get a lot better over the next month. So I wanted to just put my voice on this. That's why I wanted to do a podcast today. I'm very passionate about this. Debate. Challenge one another. Bring some facts to it, but don't get personal. There was an Iowa State fan. I I screenshotted it and sent it to a friend of mine. And I I don't care. This doesn't bother me. But it does show you the type that's out there. And I don't claim this person to be a real Iowa State fan. 
he had tweeted seven times in his life. And like five of the, oh, like six of the seven were to my account. And like five of them were telling me to F off and how much I suck and all this stuff. And just, and, and that's all because like, I won't go on there and say, fire the coach. That's not analysis, you know, like, and, and that's the one part that I, I, that I get frustrated with is like when you're trying to just talk about the game and leave the macro stuff to later or, and you could start having that conversation at a certain time. I don't believe in February 3rd. That's the time to do it. Just my belief. Um, and the problem is like, so, so I just blocked the guy. That's what I do. But then when other people give that, that person attention, then it blows up and then it gets quote retweeted and it makes the entire fan base look bad. That guy represents like a, not even a percent of the fan base. Right. But this social media world that we live in, man, while I love it, our users have raised over a hundred thousand dollars for local families and charities over the last 10 years. How amazing is that? I was in Alabama couple months ago, Nate Oates, head coach of the Crimson Tide, gives me a bear hug for what you guys did for his wife back when they were just uh, getting to Buffalo. He had been a high school coach for the eight years prior, and his wife had breast cancer, and Cyclone Nation helped pay for her medical bills. How amazing is that? We wouldn't have been able to do that without social media. But damn, when things are bad, can we all just take a little responsibility for self-policing the fan base. That's all I want. Don't get personal. Don't get personal. Challenge each other. That's what it's all about. I love that. But just because somebody doesn't necessarily agree with exactly what you think doesn't mean that they're a total idiot either on either side. That's all I got for today. Um, I've just had that on my chest and I'm glad to get it off. I feel, I feel good now. I love all you guys. Uh, thank you so much for supporting what we do, especially over the last couple of weeks. It's been a really difficult couple of weeks for me personally. And the love that the Cyclonation has given is, is something I will never forget. You guys won't ever get rid of me unless we go bankrupt and I can't do this anymore. Clone to the bone. Clone till I die. Thank you very much for listening. We appreciate the support from Ames Eye, Des Moines Eye. Support our sponsors. If you want Cyclone Fanatic to be around 10 years from now, you have to support our sponsors. Thank you so much. Have a great rest of your Monday.